Did you roast the seeds? Because that yes, is one of my favorite parts about the pumpkin carving process is I love pumpkin seeds. I still have some in a little baggie, and you can have them later. Oh, yeah. that's very kind of you, but oh, I won't great. take your seed. I'll probably carve my own at some point, but okay. I just, I like, like, easy little salty snacks. I like popcorn. Yeah. I like pumpkin seeds. I like, love a crunchy pump, we pumpkin popcorn. We cut sugar out for, we tried to cut sugar we out. We did a good job. The last couple of weeks, and um, uh, I've definitely taken two nuts, like, Mm-hmm. As Damon's a, taken to nuts. To nuts. <laughs> um, like a fish to water. <laughs> yeah. Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe money. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Dan, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold! That was good. Thank you. That was really good. Thanks. I related a lot to Helga Pataki, so... Oh. <laughs> It's not a a good place to be. Boy, Damon said that in a way that was very terrifying. No, that's just sad. It was very sad. (laughs) She's a tragic character. Yeah. That's not wrong. I forgot kind of what this show was, and I, like, was watching this one, and I was like, oh, yeah, all right, I remember all these things. Right. Yeah, like, I was a very lucky child who just, like, was able to appreciate the hijinks and everything, but, like, this show probably meant a lot to a lot of kids who were dealing with some hard stuff. Yeah. uh, for one, I had a pronounced unibrow for like most of my childhood. So, <laughs> and Long had a crush on a man with a football shaped head. I kept so. a gum shaped uh, a gum uh, idol in my closet to him. It was great. It didn't it's really work out. Gross when you think about it. <laughs> it's super gross because I don't think all that gum came from her. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think that room was very well ventilated. <laughs> so. No, it had little flies. No. Anyway, so are we talking about how to build a gum sculpture? That's it. No, okay. we are specifically talking about season one, episode six, Heat. Heat. Um, is the name of the episode, which you guys recommended, which is all about a heat wave hitting the city and uh, some ice cream shenanigans vis-a-vis money. So that's what we'll talk about. Yeah. But, um, recap and or ratings to start. Let's do a quick synopsis, I feel like. Yeah. All right. Um, if you out there are younger than us maybe you don't know the show hey or Arnold. older or older i guess and you're like your soul died and you weren't able to watch cartoons <laughs> um <laughs> uh but hey arnold was a, a tv show on a cartoon on nickelodeon in the 90s and early aughts they had a, t- a movie anyway um about a bunch of kids in the inner city of some unknown city i don't think they ever mentioned what city. it's not a real city it's not a real city no it's an amalgamation of the Creator has gone on to say it's an amalgamation of New York and Portland. Oh, um, two places they do live. Very yeah, really. odd things to amalgamate, but like I'm it about makes say, sense the, the density makes it seem like a New York or like big dense city, Detroit, something like that. Right, but, but they have like really easy access to a lot of natural features that they make use of in the hmm. show. That's and true. Whatnot. That would be a more Portlandy thing. And like I think some of like the tropes of like the people uh, and like the demographics of the city are definitely a mixture. Sure. They're in, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. So the main character of the show is this kid named Arnold, and he lives in a, like, a a big community house run by his grandparents. Yeah, his grandparents run, like, a boarding house. Yeah. he lives in it. And um, he hangs out with a bunch of his buddies, uh, Gerald and 
not really Helga, but she's like in his circle of people and Helga's got a unrequited well, crush on him. In the way that when you're a fourth grader, all your friends are just all the people you know. Right. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> everyone you go to school with is all the people you know who aren't adults and you are best Vis-a-vis friends with all of them. You are <laughs> some amount of friend with all of them. Yes, at least. Yeah, and she has an unrequited crush on him, but doesn't, but like outwardly hates him. Outwardly is a big old bully. Right. Um... And this episode in particular, there's a heat wave in the city and it's real rough to the point where like Arnold goes to the like bodega around the corner to get a bag of ice and in carrying it back, it turns into a puddle of water. And Gerald's like, man, don't go back in there with just a bag of water. And he's like, they're my family. They're not going to be mad at me. And then he gets chased out of the house by an angry mob. Um, And they are walking around the city and they see an ice cream truck. And the ice cream guy is gouging prices because he's the only ice cream guy in town today. And all these kids want stuff. And he's charging like $15 for rum raisin. Yes, it's $20 for a scoop of ice cream, $15 for rum raisin, $30 for cookie dough, and $18 for a snow cone (laughs) is his pricing. Uh, And the kids go crazy and they uh, try to push over the van. Yeah, they like he like Arnold unwittingly incites a riot. Like he gives like a union speech of like you can't do this to us. You can't like, accept this. Just trying yeah. to like vent his frustration, and then all the kids get mad and start like swarming the truck. And he's like, "Ooh, boy, what did <laughs> I do?" And then a uh, cooling rain breaks out, and everybody goes back inside because it's cool again, and it's going to rain for the next seven weeks or whatever. Yeah. And and end the of world episode. will end. And then the world ended. And yeah. that's how Hey Arnold ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the one thing you missed in there that I always find funny because they do this in a lot of things is they try to, they actually do, I guess, succeed in opening up like a fire hydrant to play in oh, for a yeah. while too. And then like the water gets siphoned off to like fight a real fire. Uh-huh. I didn't bother looking it up. That has to be a crime. Well, it's, right? it's a thing. So like you'll notice that a lot of fire hydrants are painted different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because they are often denoted for different purposes. Like not all fire hydrants are necessarily intended to be used to fight fires. Uh, a lot of times they will have specific municipal purposes, uh, including being open access to the public. Huh. Does it sound like Damon that. had that speech all prepared? Yeah, and I can't tell how much of it is bullshit. But. <laughs> no, no, this no. is from an episode of Curious City. I don't remember why. I <laughs> it's like, either Curious City or like ninety nine percent invisible. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's one of the two. I want to say, um, and then it did cause me to like go and research a lot because they used, if it wasn't Curious City, they wouldn't have used Chicago as the example. And I wanted to see what our rules on it specifically were here. No, maybe so you're saying there's some color hydrants. I just could at any point go open and no one can do jack. I think you technically still have to have, but like, I think you technically need to like interact with the city in some way to get access to it. Yeah. But it's not like, it wouldn't where be a crime. It would be a, fennel, a felony necessarily. Also, you want to like, make sure you only use the ones that they mark for that because the other ones are made up of like, like gross water and they opened up that one in Hey Arnold and Damon turns to me and he goes this isn't accurate to real life it's not black enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and that one goes away because they're using it to fight fires yeah. so they also opened up the one that I think would be a felony yeah, yeah. well and I think like the system is still technically like interlinked so like if there were demand on it yeah, I guess the fire hide, firefighters don't actually hook up to that one. They just drain all the water by hooking up to one near it. So it could yeah. be just that it's still linked. It's just they opened up the right one. It just got siphoned away. There might be some, like, priority oh, maybe that's on it. plumbing. I have no idea how a plumber would, like, work all that out. 
at all, but well, they did back in the whenever they put them down in there. I'm sure. Yeah. Whenever they, yeah, whenever they put those all those lead pipes in. Right. All those lead pipes. So don't drink the water. Whatever, they're gonna last forever. <laughs> <laughs> They'll outlive us for sure. Yeah. Be a problem for our grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! I love how dark this podcast gets about the future. <laughs> like, well, it's a dark time. It is a dark mm-hmm. time. Uh, but so are we, we're not talking about fire hydrants today. We are not. That, sorry. That was a, well, do we want to do our ratings? I oh, came yeah, to I game. About that. Like, let's talk about hydrants. <laughs> That's what we are now. Uh, <laughs> Damon prepped about hydrants today. Uh, ratings. Yeah. Damon, you go ahead. Me? Yeah. Uh, I loved Hey Arnold. Um, as a kid, I clearly identified a lot. Just like. Which character do you feel like best represents your childhood experience? Uh, ironically, probably Gerald, because like <laughs> Gerald actually comes from like a pretty like put together like yeah. fine family. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, I don't know that it was necessarily like representative of like it's maybe who that character needed to be at the time. Sure. But like, a the show would have different conversations probably about Gerald's role today. Sure. But like, um, yeah, I just want to be cool like Gerald. Just yeah, like Gerald was real cool. He was cool. And they uh, had a cool handshake thing. Yeah. yeah. Was it just like they wiggle? Yeah. Yeah. Their thumbs. Their yeah. thumbs. They wiggle their thumbs at each other. We just went well, 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 and like <laughs> forgot this is an yeah, audio this media. Is a, this yeah. is like no one saw me do the thumb thing, but I did it. I swear. Um, but yeah, just like being a, a young, like quasi only child who, you know, uh, had to spend a lot of time in his head. That show rang pretty true to me. You know? That's fair. Uh, so numerically, I would put myself at like a seven um, still because like in entirety, I haven't seen the show since I was a kid, but I have gone back and like revisited specifically the first season like every time I've stumbled upon it on streaming. It's like on Hulu now? It's it on Hulu right now. You guys let me know when yeah. you had this idea and I'm very excited about Isn't it. Isn't it great? Yeah. <sighs> um, and there's also this like free streaming service called Verve. But you have to pay for access to something. You have to pay for specific channels. But you can pay for a Nickelodeon channel that's hmm. all the like '90s cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I think about it; it's not a lot. I might do that when I have kids, just because right? like I liked a lot of the cartoons I watched, and I'm just not sure about like not because I'm like judging them. I just literally have just never watched any yeah. current ca- cartoons. I don't know what like their messaging for kids is, but I'm like I turned out okay. Maybe I should just show them the same cartoons. <laughs> that said. I watched a lot of like Looney Tunes with my parents and like I turned out okay, but I wouldn't say that's a good choice for like <laughs> raising a, a nonviolent I think there's something you said about plucking like the the best, the best of, of the best worlds. you know. Yeah, give them the cream of the crop. I hear like, all you... of your parents' media was amazing and your stuff's crap. Yeah, I think that you are gonna want to steer clear of Paw Patrol though. Based on what the That's what I hear. I don't know what it is other than some sort of cult. And it seems to make people want to get a divorce. <laughs> I don't know anything else about it except so that you get you like plates. So those of you who have kids, email us about Paw Patrol. Yeah, and Paw Patrol facts. Yeah, I, really I want to know, know more and also how much you love or hate it and why. And we'll, we could do an episode if you could think of anything money related. Oh, I don't know if I want to commit to watching <laughs> Paw Patrol. We might do an episode. Well, as long as no one suggests Caillou, I think we'll be okay. Because I hear he is the nightmare child of children's television. Uh, Dan, what's your rating and which character do you relate to most? Uh, Brainy. Uh, because, no, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the nice part about that show is like because each kid was a trope. And because yeah. you're a kid, like 
I embodied all of them at some point. Like at some point I felt real cool and was, and then some point I struggled. And at some point I was like a nerd. And at some point, like, you know, there's just like, you have all those experiences. That's the thing about a TV show is you're not like always cool or always smart or always whatever you. Yeah. But like if you had to pick. (laughs) Brainy. Uh, The one who gets punched in the face a whole lot. Right, right, right. Uh, (laughs) No, it feels wrong to say the titular, but maybe Arnold, just because like, I had like, not for his home life, because I had a very different home life than that, but he was like just on the cusp of like, had friends, did well, but was not like the cool kid. And like, that is obviously something I have never been. So like, that felt pretty honest of like, comfortable with their friends, but like, know that they are not king, king shit of the mountain. I was going to say that I feel like no one can be Arnold because he was just maybe this is going to say something. he's a blank mask. Well, firstly, like, yeah, no one and everyone is Arnold. But also I was going to say he's just so comfortable with like his position in the world and his like the things that happen around him. And I was a much more anxious child. Than I that. was too, but I'm trying to think like who in that show was the anxious person. I was going to say, Dan, it's okay to say Eugene. Yes, like, Eugene. Oh, yeah, I guess. Maybe. I think we might all be Eugene. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe a combo of Arnold and Eugene. Yeah. He's the way. Neville Longbottom of this show, yeah. really. I don't know. Anywho, <laughs> uh, I'll probably put myself at like a six. I mean, I watched it all growing up, knew it very well, have gone back and seen it a time or two, or at least whenever I can find it. But like, I, I can't religiously quote it or, or go through anything. So. Sure. I know yeah. it well, but not the best thing in the world. That uh, I know. That sounds about like where I think I would be at. I think I'd be a six or a seven. I'm going to say six because like I watched it a ton. Uh, I don't know that it was ever like my staple that I wanted to see, but I would watch it happily with other things around it, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I never like sought it out, but I did go see the movie in theaters. I remember that. And I loved that. It like slow burned on me. Yeah. I feel like I got to watch it because it like bookended things that I wanted to watch more. And then over time, I was slowly like, oh, I might be enjoying this more than the thing that I, like, tuned in for. Yeah. It kind of won me over. And for spooky episodes of a TV show, you'll never beat that, like, Ghost Train episode. That was so good. Stoop Kid. And Stoop Kid. uh, Stoop uh, Kid. It's afraid to leave a stoop. stoop. Boom. Uh, so the ghost train one is very problematic because like those children straight up get on like the commuter train into a foundry. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, un unmonitored, unattended. No, it's just like late at night and like, there's barely any people around. Yeah. Was, there's no shift change. Why is that train stopping there? Like oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's so yeah. spooky. Yeah, they the Foundry's losing well. money yeah. that that train ran. Yeah, that, for sure. That <laughs> loop without any passengers. Well, and if their insurance company knew that they were doing it, they would up their rates significantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd say I'm a, probably a, a six and a, very much a Helga. I don't think I was as mean. But this might be the sort of like Liz Lemon thing where I don't think I was that mean, but everybody around me would have been like, oh, you straight up a bully. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I remember, hard to tell. I remember feeling like the victim a lot. Any child under 10 is a monster anyway. That's so. true. Not a lot Speaking of Speaking of Dirty Rock, like, I can't tell if she's vicious or vulnerable. She's a teenage girl. She is both vicious <laughs> and vulnerable. <laughs> no, that's, it. that's exactly it. So... Uh, we're going to talk about ice cream. Yes. So this, this is my idea. I'll take credit for that. Yes. Um, All right. Go on. (laughs) But, uh, it struck me that like, as they're standing there arguing about the price of these ice creams, that the ice cream man is in fact selling no ice cream. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, (laughs) I wanted Dan to explain to me why that's a problem. 
Yeah, Dan, tell the people why it's a problem, Dan. Uh, well, because of math. If you sell zero <laughs> things at any price, you wind up with zero dollars. Yeah, like, this guy should have been more amenable to negotiation. In all seriousness, there is a concept here that's worth talking about, um, which is called the price elasticity of demand. Ooh. Mm. So this is a fancy uh, way of saying basically how much you sell when you change your prices. Okay. So this is like an actual economics concept that is studied about a lot of things of what is the price elasticity of demand, which basically just means when the price goes up 1%, how much does your demand go down? Oh. Mm, okay. Interesting. Because if you think about it, right, if you up your price 1%, but you sell half a percent less, you're making more. So it's okay to lose some people. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, very few things in the world are out to sell to everyone. Right. They're out to sell to everyone who wants to buy it at a certain price. Sure. Right. And so one of the things this guy is, he is right because he even says in the episode, like this is supply and demand. Like I have something you really want. You want it more today than you did yesterday. So I'm going to charge more in theory. That is true. Sure. You don't have to be such a shit about it. You don't have to be such a shit <laughs> about it, but also he didn't understand the elasticity of his product because He's trying to sell this thing for 20 bucks, right? And there's like yeah. roughly 10 kids there. So assuming a normal ice cream is one and a half dollars, roughly. Sure. Sure. If he can sell one at 20 bucks, he makes more money than if he sells 10 at a dollar 50. Sure. Okay. Right? Like, so he gets the idea. He's got the right idea here. He just executes poorly. He needs to basically price at either. Anything from 15 to 20, <laughs> if he can sell one. And if he can't sell one, he needs to keep coming down to the point where he can sell more money, even if he sells less ice cream cones, right? Like, if he could sell five at 10, that's way better, actually, than one at 20. Sure. Or than 10 at a buck 50. So he needs to find what's called his, like, his elasticity. To find the sweet spot of. To find that sweet spot of, like, uh-huh. I'm okay giving up on, like, six ice creams because I can sell my other ones at triple the price. Interesting. This is something I've noticed in, like, um, I used to buy books from, I think it's defunct now, but there was a, um eBay branch that just sold books. And I can't even remember the name of it, so it's definitely dead. But you would see, like, brand new books being sold for, like, 99 cents a piece, and there'd be, like, hundreds of them. And I was like, well, I wanted to sell my copy of that book, and I'm like, but I don't want to sell it for 99 cents because... If I sell it for 99 cents, they take half of it anyway. Right. And then I also have to pay for the shipping on it. So, like, what good is that to me to make 50 cents off this book? And uh, sometimes instead, you would you see... you made no 50 cents. Right. I mean, it made no 50 cents. But then also sometimes you would see people who, like, there would be slews of 99-cent books and then one $150 copy, and there would be no different than any of the other ones. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense why people are pricing it this way. But I wonder if they were trying to, like make it seem like that book was special or more... I don't know. I had a larger point here, and I feel like I lost it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it could be the endowment effect, which is this financial like thing that's real, that you value what you have more than things you don't have oh, sure. and more than somebody else would. So like, if you're selling your mug for your alma mater or with your alma mater's logo on it, you're like, I'm going to sell it for $6, and everybody else is like, I would buy that for like 2 but because you own it, you and if in re- reverse situation, 
if you didn't have it, you'd only buy it for two, but because you have it, yours is worth more. Like right. that's something that mm. all humans do. It happens <laughs> a lot with stock investing, actually, of like, oh, I think Campbell is worth more because I own the stock. And it's like, well, if oh. you were coming at it without having any ownership, would you really think that? Would you really be willing to pay like huh. $30 a share? Or are you only thinking it's worth $30 a share because you bought it at $30 a share and you're right. You don't want right, to seem like a dummy. I mean, people do it for houses too, right? Like almost nobody is willing to sell a house for less than they bought it. So like that's one of the reasons. Some of it is because it's hard financially and people were underwater in the crisis. But like some of the reasons a lot of people didn't move is like, yeah, they could have sold it for their house for like five grand less than they bought it for and like could have swallowed that and moved on. And like, it's not ideal, but it could have happened. But they're like, no, no, no. That might be what houses in the neighborhood are selling for, but mine is worth I have a like what house. I paid for it. And it's like, because you love your house and has nice memories in it, doesn't, and you bought it at like a peak market, doesn't mean that it's actually worth that anymore. Huh. How do you get over that? Like, as a person, how do you... Like, uh, outside experts is the best way to do it, Conferring basically. with someone else? Yeah, basically have a realtor. I mean, that's one of the jobs of a realtor. They do a lot of different things, but it's to come in and basically to say, is this house what I worth what I think it is? And that, just be like, no. No. It's, it's really not. Sorry. You're a silly person and no. <laughs> the problem is humans are also trained to look out for what's confirmation bias, to only find people who agree with us or mm-hmm. sources of information that agree with so us. So if I talk to six realtors and the one who tells me that, that it's worth, worth what you paid for it, that's the realtor you hire. Really? Because <laughs> he's the smartest realtor. Yeah. What a smart realtor no. who yep. agrees with me. <laughs> and then six months later when you can't sell it, then you go with the other realtors who sells it at five grand less than you bought it for, and you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, Man. But Whatever. Anyway. I got six more months out of this awesome house that <laughs> I, I value That I'm so trying much. to sell. <laughs> that I value so much I won't sell it for what it's worth. <laughs> I value this house. But anyway, there is an equation for price elasticity of demand, Ooh. which is, I mean, exactly what it sounds like. You just divide how much something changed, how much the quantity demanded change over how much you change the price to determine. And so if the quantity demanded changes the exact amount the price changed, then your elasticity is one. It's considered perfectly elastic. So for every 1% you change the price, probably an easier way to think of it is for every double that you change the price, you'll sell, you know, an equal amount less, basically. So yes. if you go up 1%, you'll sell 1% less. Okay. And there's really net, you're kind of even. You don't really care. So you could set yeah. the price at kind of whatever... More or less. Yeah. You can choose to sell on volume. You can choose to sell on price. You can kind of do whatever you want. But And I will say the elasticity doesn't always stay the same no matter what. Like you, it's, it's not only based on what the type of good is, but also where it is. You know what I mean? Like certain things, if, I, if you have a thousand apples, giving you one more, you're like, I don't want it. Right. Like I will pay you nothing. Get out of here. I'm going to lose all these apples. If you have zero apples, you might be like, okay, I'm willing to pay more than for the first apple than I would be for my 10th apple or my 15th apple. Right? So like it also changes as, as things go on. Hashtag Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but not that Apple Podcast. Not, not the actual Apple Podcast. Um, so there are some things where the elasticity is less than one, which is considered inelastic. So so if you doubled the price, you might sell 25% less. Okay. So you mm. want to raise your prices, or if you don't want to, but if you can raise your prices, you will sell less, yeah. But at, but at a higher price. At a higher price, and in theory, make more money. And honestly, that seems like the easier way, especially if you're like, well, no. be careful about that because <laughs> some things that are inelastic are inelastic because they have to be water, food, clothing. Oh, like okay. these are things we don't want them to jack up the price because yes, there are other people who sell, but if everybody jacked up the price of food we would three all times as much, <laughs> it's not like you're going to buy, you might buy some amount less. You might buy some amount of cheaper food than you currently buy, but 
you're going to buy food, right? Medicine is yeah. highly inelastic. Like, yeah. there are things that, which is huh. why medicine <sighs> should not be run by companies. It should be run, in theory, by the government yeah. or some sort of nonprofit or something that doesn't have an incentive to make money. It drives yeah. me insane because... <laughs> Don't give private companies control over something that inelastic. That's how I feel about, yes, agreed. I feel that way about medicine. I feel that way about water and most utilities like uh, internet. internet anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's a necessity and you may not be able to live a full life without it. It should maybe not be run by someone trying to gouge you for money. Yeah, the state of Michigan maybe shouldn't allow uh, the Nestle Corporation carte blanche to just pump whatever water they want out of it. Yeah, mm, I don't know. So, yeah. It's not your lake, Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Just Just because it's named that way. Um, And there are other uh, examples of things, though, that they struggle with. So alcohol, cigarettes, things that are addictive are also tend to be inelastic. Sure. So cigarettes have, I don't even know, 500% in price over the last number of years. Yeah. They keep sticking more taxes on it to try to incentivize people to not buy them. And then they put like stickers with like busted lungs on them. And right. That and doesn't like, even work. Less people are buying them, but, but not at the rate that they up the prices, right? Like if they up the price 100%, demand goes down like 10% because <sighs> it's highly inelastic or something like that, right? So yeah. those, those are your inelastic things. Here's the thing though is that it's super addictive. <laughs> so like your body almost feels worse if you don't have it <laughs> like food yeah. weird yeah i'm highly addicted like, to food i'm really <laughs> addicted to food we were just talking about how addicted to sugar we are i feel like a candy bar company should be in the same boat there you go so then there are things that are elastic which is the exact opposite if you raise the prices your demand drops more than the amount you raise your prices what kind of things fall under that? So a lot of things, food again, but different types. So like snack foods, right? If you sure. quadruple the price of Cheetos, people go buy something else. They'll go buy, you know, goldfish Fritos. or whatever. Fritos. Fritos. Exactly. Yeah. What are you, a monster? <laughs> um, you can buy Fritos when you want Cheetos. Mo- Ugh. <laughs> you buy cheese poofs or Doritos. <laughs> something with cheese. <laughs> Get wow. out of my house. All right. <laughs> and the end of Damon and Liz's marriage. <laughs> Um, will be recorded on audio, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that prediction. (laughs) Uh, Motor vehicles. So like if you jacked up the price of Ford's double, don't just buy other cars. Transportation kind of in general. because So really your elasticity tends to be around substitution. And competition. If I can get something else. Yeah, basically, yeah. Competition, substitution, kind of the same thing. Can you replace what you were doing with something else? Either in the same vein, oh, instead of a Ford, I can buy a, you know, a Toyota. Subaru or whatever, yeah. and or even just like things that are similar enough. Okay, apples are a thousand dollars. I'm not gonna buy an apple, and maybe I can't buy any apple, but I could buy an orange, which maybe I don't want as much, but for a thousand dollars, like I'm willing to make that. So it Dan, can be... those are literally apples and oranges. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like they can be direct substitutes of this does the exact same thing, or they can be like, hey, I'm gonna ride the bus instead of buying a car. It might take me longer. It might be a little harder. It might not be what I want. But, but you if can the read car a book. is going to cost me fifty grand instead of ten grand, like I thought it was going to, I'm willing to ride the bus and take the extra half an hour out of my day or Absolutely. whatever. Yeah. Okay. So okay. a lot of it comes down to uh, elasticity. Interesting. So in this case, with this uh, ice cream dude, there's not another ice cream dude in town, and the only place they can get ice cream apparently is from him. Yes, but again. This they is, could substitute it with something else, theoretically. So in theory, you could substitute it with, like, you know, 
opening the fire hydrant. I right. mean, if it's just about yeah. getting cool. Or if they really want ice cream, I'm a, I, see, I'm imagining that the issue is that, like, they say in the episode that, like, they can't, this is the only guy who has ice cream at prices kids can afford usually. Right. So, but if they pulled their money together, they could go get, like, a, a half gallon of ice cream from the bodega or something. Right. I mean, the other thing is this is not a necessity. Well, right, like tell that to Helga. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, if at some point they just can't afford the ice cream, they just don't buy the ice cream. I mean, that's what one of the kids is like. I have seventy cents. What'll it get me? And the guy's like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, again, he has priced himself out of this market, right? Yeah. So I actually put his. I put a rough ten is what would normally be demanded at a dollar fifty. Zero is what is demanded at $20. And it winds up that the price elasticity that I calculated is negative 1.16. Okay. Which basically means it's inelastic. So he could jack up his prices from $1.5 up and sell enough ice cream. He could have probably doubled it and sold, if not all 10, at least some amount of ice cream, right? But he just didn't understand how far he was able to jack it up. Now, Um, in his defense, he may have been suffering heat stroke. (laughs) <laughs> he was wearing a long sleeved outfit. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> On a day that everyone, including the adults, are all like, "We're gonna die." Like, <laughs> Every other the, adult the you see is like, or in, else in their underwear out in public to yes. avoid the heat. There's a. Uh, Which, by the way, he, when he wakes up, it shows on his thermometer 106. Like, yeah. that's hot. But it's not that hot. That's not walk around outside in my underwear hot. No. And the, the I've been in Phoenix at 120, and even well, then like, I'm not walking well, around see, outside Dan, in there's my... The question is, what is the humidity? Yeah. That's the real and it's unknown It's just about to here. rain, so yeah, probably you got yeah. imagine it's pretty humid. But like uh, I said, I don't think there's a temperature I walk outside in my underwear. I think there's uh, a mental <laughs> wellness state that I walk out, or ill well, mental illness state. But <laughs> and I again, like, give I feel it like fifteen the factor, years. The factor here is then also how many days this has been going on. That is true. <laughs> and I mean, if he has heat stroke, there you know. Yeah. But also, I'm like, you know, we're in a world of uh, global warming. Would they put the number on forty years before uh, we're out of time to fix it? So like, talk to me again in forty years. It was not forty years. Was it less it's than like that? It's like ten, 10 years. years. Until and then forty year at twenty forty things start kicking in. Oh, it's we have ten, 10 years, years to, to fix, fix it. What happens in twenty thirty to twenty forty? Okay, well, all those lawmakers will be dead by then, so they don't care. I'm not going down this path with you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, Point is, rum raisin, in my opinion, has probably the most elastic demand because there's no price you could make me pay to want to eat rum raisin. Why do they make that flavor? <laughs> old people old like people? it. Old <laughs> people? Yeah. But like, not even it today's old poo. people. It helps them poo. <laughs> yeah. That's prunes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think raisins do that. Maybe. Well, the dairy, uh, the dairy will probably like bind you up. Bind you up a little bit, but then like the raisins, the raisins come in, sluice you out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going down this path so like, you either. None of Dan's the path. So like you get a stiffer stool, but it might be a little more regular. Please don't ever say stiffer stool on podcast ever again. I have to cut that out. <laughs> also, Please bleep that. Just like you said something unhearable. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, but to tie this back to what we always talk about, you know, if you really want to take elasticity to its furthest extreme, this is what happens. They did play it down right. Like, in the French Revolution, where it's like, no oh. one can afford bread. Like, there is a point where something is inelastic. I'll pay more and more and more for it because I need it. But if eventually I'm just saying, my children are starving, I and you've jacked up the, the prices, <laughs> we eat the rich. Exactly. They're the ones with Taken the bread. <laughs> to its furthest extreme, we eat the rich. 
So All you're right. telling me that the lolly jolly man, jolly lolly <laughs> man, jolly ollie man, jolly ollie man, uh, is Marie Antoinette? Basically, <laughs> and they do almost eat him. Oh, that's right. No, I think they just want to kill him to get to the ice cream. Yeah. yeah. They at least want to do like an alarming amount of like property damage. Yeah, seize the means like, of production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the proletariat. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Uh, what was I going to say? I had something to say about ice cream. And then I noticed the cat like making a herc sound in the corner, and that's why I stopped. He's okay. Something about how we all, well, no, I don't want to go back to rum raisin. Rum don't raisin you? is polluted to be forever. <laughs> <laughs> forever unclean. Uh, um, no, I really have another point. Do you have another point? Uh, it's just about stool softener. But. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Also, he made an snow cone $18. Don't get me wrong. Ice cream is better than snow cones, but if it was really unbelievably, ungodly, terrifyingly hot, I think I want a snow cone over the ice cream. No. Well, okay. Yes. If the purpose is heat reduction, yes. not taste, it, not no. anything else. I mean, I like snow cones, but they're like, they don't touch ice cream. But if I just sheerly want to be less hot than I am now. You're right. I'm going more cold water over cold dairy. Yeah, because milk's yeah. always a bad choice. Yeah, when you're like hot. I then like 20 minutes later I will be full of ice cream in the hot sun and just be like, "Oh no." Yeah, your stomach turns into a weird broiler. Uh-huh. And- <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no. We've done that before where we were like, "Ooh, let's go to Lakey Split. It's hot outside." And I finished the ice cream just as I round the corner into like a wall of heat and I'm like, "Wow, that turned into cheese in my stomach." <laughs> <laughs> Which binds you up, so you need the raisins to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, I will leave. I will leave. Dan can't handle talking about poop. <laughs> it's not my favorite. My, uh, I have people in my life who are less, are much poop. more comfortable with it than I am, and it is yeah, not two, my favorite. Two right in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the only time I can't handle talking about poop is if you in any way compare it to food. Like, chocolate, stop. I will murder you. Well, you just put that out on the internet, so, so now for the rest knows. of your life. <laughs> it's that thing. Why did I say what I'm vulnerable to? <laughs> yeah. uh, our next episode will be comprised primarily of a list of our fears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our address. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have anything else to say about ice cream, except that it sounds delicious right now. It's chilly outside, and I feel like uh, the crowd at Lickety Split is probably very low. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I feel like the best way for him to have done this would have been just then to, like, auction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Like, okay, if cookie dough is the most valuable, like, put it out in front of the kids, and, like, whoever just happens to have the most money in their pocket, like, I have $9. Okay, I'll sell you that for $9. Then I, like, put out whatever or cookies you, and like, cream or whatever the next most popular is and, like, auction it on down until... I got very Chicago right there with the way I said auction. Action. Action and I'm down. Action and I'm down, you Jagoffs. It depends on if this is like scoop and serve or if there's like. Um, if it's like the little. If it's like. Packet. I want to talk about that Novelties, too. you know. Based on there being cookie dough, it seems like it's scoop and serve, but I have never, never in my 28 years on the planet Earth. <laughs> you sound so seen insulted. <laughs> a ice cream truck with scoop and serve. It's always what? only been like the. You the, like, like the little SpongeBob or like a strawberry shortcake or a rocket pop. Like they're all the like pre-wrapped ones. When I was a kid, we had a scoop and serve guy. Huh, that must be a like East I Coast think it's thing. A, Maybe. I think it's an older thing too. He like, was it was like I think the novelty thing. market really took off like in the seventies and eighties. And so like by the time that we were So when Liz was around in the seventies <laughs> getting her ice cream. Well, I'm no, an enigma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the ageless one. How old am I? You'll never know. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I have but transcended I think, time. I do think it was like an old fashioned thing I, in my yeah. neighborhood. Like, yeah. and I mean, maybe I am confusing it with like the few times we did that. I remember getting like an ice cream on a cone, but we also went to this place called the, the Dairy Cup all the time for ice cream on a cone. And my sister kept buying the bubblegum flavored ice cream because it had gum in it, even yeah. though she hated the ice cream itself. <laughs> and also hated chewing cold gum because, duh. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was not a good invention by whoever no. was like, let's put, you know what people like, rock hard gum? Let's put it in a cold dairy product and just see how that goes. Let's just make the gum that way instantly half, 20 years old. <laughs> that way halfway through you have to be chewing it while you're also trying to lick dairy off of a, that, that'll be a good combo like people will like. milk in my gum. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, I, I think that the, the most, the majority of uh, ice cream shoppy things that are like mobile now are those like little ice cream bars that's just all i ever had growing up so i just like was like where did they get off like offering scooped cookie dough uh the worst though was we went to the beach like i don't know was this last year year before and we were like "Ooh, let's get an ice cream from the ice cream guy and i got like a spongebob ice cream bar and it was like a thousand years old it was coated in ice crystals as big as my hand and it tasted like a dime <laughs> you hey, you've seen that good humor truck he was handing them out through a hole rusted in the side not through yeah. the window <laughs> you it's, like good it's like a ice great cream. it costs you a little more than ice cream chart but uh, ice cream cart but like go to the zoo oh, the really? zoo sells those novelty ones but because there's a ton of kids there they sell them at a pretty good fresh. clip so they never get old i had a spongebob one last time i was there maybe two times ago it uh, it awoke a, a primal joy in me. I They're didn't like know those I still Sherbert had. Sherbert pops are so good. Like the push up Flintstones pops. Oh, I get a they con- were great. I get a concession credit for like our in kind trade with them. At the zoo? At the zoo because it's free. <gasps> Let's go get it. We could go buy them in a heat wave and sell them for at, at some th- amount less than $20 a piece. <laughs> we could put this into practice ourselves. How much do you think the angry children would pay? If you people won't sponsor us, we'll find our own way, damn it. <laughs> We should probably give them an opportunity to sponsor us. Yeah, well, that seems like work. (laughs) Call us. Yeah, call us on your landline phone (laughs) and provide us with your checking account number. Is five 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 one two seven two. Oh, I was gonna be like, I hope that's a real number. Then I remembered five five fives are all fake. It's that's always the fake one. Uh, That's stupid. That always kind of drove me nuts, though, when like novelty phone numbers for one eight hundreds would have like. The more than they phrase need. would be more numbers than like a phone number. Well, it's because the phone stops listening after you've typed those in. Yeah, and it just seems like nonsense to me. It is nonsense. Like, yeah, it's nonsense. Write to your local bell. Write to your representative. <laughs> Write to your congressman. <laughs> yeah. This is the biggest issue they have on their plate today. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them what you think. Uh, any other thoughts about ice cream? Except that it sounds good and I would like some, even though we're still kind of off sugar. I'm good. Do you have like a pre? You just said anything greater than 150, but less than 20, is like his primo. Like he would win. So it's hard to. I I don't know. I'd have to run like a maximization equation on it. Cause no, I mean if he can sell it for 160, but he loses eight customers, like that's not his primo. So it depends on like. Yeah. We don't I, know. I'd like... have to run like there's there's basically a curve, right? And at yeah. some point, it maximizes amount sold and price like those are probably actually this is common in economics there's two curves intersecting oh one is like at the high price you only sell like one so it's like price on the left quantity on the bottom and as price is higher it starts in the upper left and moves down and then there's one where like the other going the other way so it's probably where those two x 
meat. And the other one's his revenue. Sense. Like what? Yeah, he's basically earning. like yeah. how much he's earning per, um, and where those meet. So it might be one fifty and ten, if he loses five customers for selling at one fifty, and maybe even if he dropped it to one dollar, he'd sell to like thirty, and that's what he should do. Yeah. Hmm. But it could also be like yeah, that day he could sell it at eight dollars and only lose two people, and then that's where he should be. You should do it. that. Yeah. yeah. So we'd have to like we have to map them out, a... both out. Yeah, and we'd have to like what we'd have to do is look at like three or four different points on probably each of those curves to figure out roughly what the slope is. So let's like all I said, go to Lincoln Park Zoo. Right. And take care of it ourselves. We'll have to take different days because probably the elasticity is different on different temperature sure, days. Sure, sure. So. And then like a weekend day versus a weekday. Right. Okay. Backtracking a little bit though before <laughs> we finish. Um, my point was that if he, if it's not a novelty and he can like control the amount that he gives out, like when Eugene offers him 70 cents, like he should have given him just like a thimble of ice cream and then like yeah yeah if it is scoop your own like 70 cents should never get you nothing it should just be like an absurdly uh, small uh, amount. yeah a tablespoon yeah. of ice cream or something here's a sample one of those little sample scoops because if that's all the kid has then in theory like you're better off selling that i guess unless that's under the cost it takes you to procure it but that seems un- i mean if you can control the quantity yeah then you can there tell is them. always some finite amount that's under 70 cents worth yeah how much does bulk ice cream cost asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering this. I'm off sugar. <laughs> right. You don't want to know the answer to that. <laughs> the, the middle of the week, Damon messaged me and was just like, Liz, I want to buy a donut. I don't want to eat it. I just want to suck all the milk out of it. And I was like, I'm divorcing sugar you. Milk. <laughs> sugar milk. Oh, the sugar milk. Yeah. Uh, good Lord. <laughs> so it's been a tough time. I don't know if anybody else out there has tried to like kick sugar, uh, but it is pretty rough. Man, that white dragon is powerful and i will tell you tell what you. going back on it for like just a fun movie experience is uh maybe not worth it my stomach feels like it is full of uh like a you know those lava lamp fluid like that's what it feels like <laughs> oh yeah like, right like i said i thought i have a little bit of food poisoning so we're all feeling great yeah today. this is a good time <laughs> so this episode is either great or throw it in the trash everybody yeah, i mean like <laughs> like any of our other episodes i guess <laughs> it sounds like you guys could go for some run raisin Sluice it out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back next episode. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. Dan may not ever come back. Uh, But as always, please rate us and review us on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, thanks as always to our composer, Charles E. Miller for her music. Email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe so that you can get all the fun make believe money action. Okay. See you. Bye. You guys are the worst. <laughs>